Let's, let's uh, pray and then we'll get into the word of God. Heavenly Father, we are grateful, Father, to just be in your house, Lord God, that uh, as your word says, Lord, that let everything that, that has prayed praise your name, God. We'll give you all the glory, all the honor and the praise, Father. We pray that you would anoint this word, God, that uh, you would take uh, what I'm just this little broken vessel that I am, Lord, just all with all my inadequacy, with all my hiccups, with all my hangups, Lord God, and that you would just break this word and bless it, God, that somebody that's hearing the word here in the sanctuary or online, God, that they would uh, have an encounter with the living God, that you came, God, to seek and save what was lost, Lord God, and that you were that you came as a humble baby, God, but one day you're coming back. God, you came as the lamb, God, and one day you will come as the lion of Judah. Father, as we get into your word, give us insight, give us understanding, give us revelation so that we might encounter you, Lord. We want to see you. We want to experience you today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Turn with me to Luke chapter 2, and we'll be read, I'll be reading from the Amplified Version of the Bible. Um, we'll be reading from uh, Luke 2, 1 through 14. Luke 2, 1 through 14. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And then there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to the Lord, do not be afraid. I bring good news that you will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel and praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom favor rests. Amen. 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 We're in the midst of a series uh, that uh, we kicked off last, last week, leading in the expectation of the arrival of Jesus Christ, our Advent series. And Jason, uh, just uh, as he usually does, always, uh, always wrecks me, um, kicked off the series and really focused on hope, the hope of, uh, of Advent. And uh, we looked at Isaiah 9 as, as uh, uh, the, uh, the Ortiz family read that, uh, that God, they were rebellious that uh, the people of God and that God spoke into that uh, through, a, through a baby that ultimately we become a man, the person of Jesus Christ. And that it was, it was Isaiah was written over 700 years prior and that uh, of the arrival. So they were in expectation and Jason uh, reminded us that often, uh, God often works in the dark. So you might be finding yourself in a season right now where it might seem hopeless. 
Maybe you've got a, a pink slip. Maybe um, you've gotten some bad news from your doctor. But we can remind reminds us that uh, God often works in the dark. And he reminded us that from the, the, uh, the two Hebrew words of hope, that uh, it's your call, that we are waiting. But not only are we waiting, but we're waiting with expectation. And then secondly, he, he said kavah, you know, the Hebrew word for, for hope is also kavah, waiting with tension to be released. It's like, a, like a, I think of a rubber band, like the, the, the stretching. Uh, I remember uh, uh, a few years back, I, w- I had a, a, a trainer, uh, a physical trainer, and that was a mistake to hire. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, I thought I, I knew how to work out. And so uh, I remember him uh, stretching me, and I was like, man, stre- what do I need to stretch for? And, uh, and I remember him pushing me on my back, and I, was, I felt like my, my hamstrings were going to just pop. But, but over time, that, that stretching, I, I was able to touch my toes and reach past, and I was just like, wow, just how, how, how important it was for me to stretch. But I didn't realize how, how much I, I, I didn't know how to stretch. And uh, in, in the same way, God is always stretching us. He's pushing us for a purpose greater than us. And then, and then Jason also reminded us that hope is not hope without faith. And uh, in 1 Peter 1.8, it says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you will believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. So even though we don't see God physically, we know that he's present. He is here. And then he reminded us the promises of the word of God. And that's why it's so important for us as followers of Jesus Christ that we have to immerse ourselves in the word of God. That's where our hope comes from. It's, it's feeding on this word that... Uh, we, we can't do it detached from, from, from God. We need to, to be in the book. And as we're in the book, God gets, gets into us. And then he reminded us that, uh, that hope is not hope without expectation, is that uh, not only are we looking back, Advent doesn't cause us to just look back, but it also gives us a hope of the future. That one day, that, uh, that baby that came, he's, uh, he's coming back. And, it, and that gives us hope as we expect, as we're kind of in, we're in the tension of the, the first advent and then the second advent. And that uh, gives us hope that one day that uh, he's going to make all things new. And then also he, 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 uh, he, he uh, Jason reminded us that hope is not hope without Jesus Christ. Yeah. That where would we be without the son of God? And that uh, we look to him as he is the author and finisher of our faith. And so as we pick up in our series um, this week, as we're talking about peace, the peace of God, and that uh, as he came once, he's coming back again. And, and as we looked at, uh, at the, 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 the prophecy found in Isaiah 9, 6, that called Jesus the Prince of Peace. And Jesus himself said in, in the Sermon on the Mount that blessed are the peacemakers. Peace is the fruit of the Spirit. And Jesus was and is full of, full of the Spirit. And that's key for us as we, we're in between the first and the second coming and realizing that, 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 that the peace that, 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 that not only we have hope, but also the peace that God provides through, through the Son, Jesus Christ. You remember Christ wept for the residents of Jerusalem who missed what would bring them peace. The Jews were looking for this earthly peace, this, this physical deliverance that they were looking for here on earth as they were under uh, Roman occupation and missed it. 
But it's a reminder for us that some of us that, uh, that aren't born again, that, that, uh, that you might miss it. You might have missed the first coming, but you won't miss the second coming. So realize that, that, that the day you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. That God is speaking. He's speaking not only uh, then, but he's also speaking now. So there's somebody that might be here in the sanctuary that needs to have an encounter with the living God. Somebody online that you've never knew who Jesus Christ is. You might be listening. The day you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. So just to kind of give you some context as we look to, to the gospel of Luke, Luke is the writer. Uh, most scholars believe he was the writer. To, 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 He's writing to, to uh, one of his, his boys, uh, Theophilus. Um, they had uh, done ministry together. Many believe that uh, he was, uh, uh, had invested in his work, uh, Luke's work. And not only was a, he was a writer to, to Theophilus, but also he was uh, to write the, the, the Acts of the Apostles uh, a few years later. And really what he, it, the, the, the gospel really centers around just the life, the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He was just writing to, to prove that, that Jesus is who he said he was. You guys might remember, some of you guys that are sports fans, Dennis Green, he was the, the, the head coach of the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. And, he, and, he, and, and one of the, in, in the press conference, they were asking him uh, after the game, they had lost. And they were like, who, who, do, you guys, who do you guys say the, the Arizona Cardinals was? And he says, they are who we thought they were. And that's what Luke was saying is that uh, Jesus is who he said he was, that he was the son of God. And so he basically, you know, as, as we said, that he, Luke also gives the genealogy of, of who the, of Jesus was, um, you know, kind of the, uh, I was thinking about the kind of the ancestry.com, you know, there's the history of, of the, the line of David, that, that it was prophesied you know, years before that it would come through that line of Joseph that, that Jesus would come through. And so as we turn to the text, it's in verse, verse one and two, it says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree, a census that it would be taken to the whole Roman world. And as the time of, for Mary's uh, to, baby to be born, the Roman emperor, uh, emperor Caesar Augustus gave an order for the, the emperor to be, uh, be registered, the, the whole em empire. And this census was to be taken for taxation purposes, which Augustus ruled probably about B.C. 31 to, to A.D. 14. And Luke places this birth squarely in the middle of Roman and Jewish history. In verses 3 through 7, and it, it Basically, as, as the result of the emperor's decree, everyone traveled to his town to be registered. And so Joseph and Mary, um, being in Nazareth, had to travel, had to travel 90 miles. 90 miles. So here, I, and I did like a little, a little Google search, uh, about 90 miles here from Palo Alto to, it's basically like driving to, to Sacramento. It's about 83 miles from here to Sacramento. So you can imagine, um, you know, they get, they're called to go, part of this decree to, to go 90 miles uh, to, to Bethlehem, where Jesus was to be born, as it was prophesied years before. So there's somebody who might be listening to this message that this, this walk isn't, it's, it's, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And you got to trust God. Just as Mary and Joseph trusted God to, to go 
to go up to Bethlehem to take that track 90 miles. You could imagine, you know, she was pregnant. So she, she didn't have the fortune of, you know, her Air Force Ones. They didn't have the fortune of, you know, taking your Honda Accord or your Tesla. They were traveling by foot. So you could imagine just that journey. And it's a reminder for, for you and I as, as we trek this walk with God is that God is with us. Is that they had the Prince of Peace with them. Is that no matter what you're going through, what your situation you face, God is with you. He is with you. Even if you've, you've, you're, you have some health issues you, you might be dealing with through this season. Maybe it's you, you, you had a bad report at your job. Maybe, maybe it's your relationships, your marriage isn't clicking on all cylinders. Maybe you haven't been talking to your, your spouse in a while. You've been sleeping in separate rooms. Let's keep it real. Some people up in, in here, I know we're saved and sanctified, but we all, we all are working through, through different things as we walk with Jesus. We all come to Jesus, but God is cleaning things up. He's working on us. He's sanctifying us. He, his goal is to make us more like Jesus Christ. Or there are others of you, just like when they got to, to Bethlehem, there was no room at the inn. So God wants to come in, but you're shutting him out. Maybe you're too busy with work. He said, I'll, I'll get to my Bible reading. I know I need to spend time with you, Lord, but I'll get to it. I'll get to it in the new year. God's saying, I want to come in, but you got no room for him. Some of you guys, we, we, need, we need to make space for God. Some of us, some of us might be, be, be so busy with, with our families this time of the year, can be chaotic with the holidays, but God's saying, I want to come in. I want to come into your life. I want to give you that peace that surpasses all understanding. As the apostle Paul wrote, wrote in uh, Philippians chapter four, you have to let him in. As he's the prince of peace, he wants to give us peace. That perfect peace, that not, not this temporary peace, that peace that will expire. It's going to come to an end. Some of us might be get, you know, getting some, some new clothes, a new outfits, some new shoes this time of the year. Those gifts, they're good. But by January, you, you'll, you'll probably be putting them, put them in the closet, forgetting about them. And we see in verse 8 through 11, we know, we know that Jesus, his peace is available to all. And I'll say that again, his peace is available to all. It says, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring to you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He was the Messiah, the Lord. So if we see in the text that it says that while the shepherds were taking care of their flocks nearby, the angel of the Lord appeared to them. That means the shepherds were close. They were nearby. They were proximity. They were close to the Prince of Peace. They weren't at a distance. So we need to be close to, we need to be in his presence. We need to practice that, that presence of God. We need to be in the house. I know, I know a lot of us, we, we can do the online service. We got comfortable during COVID, but there's something about being in the house of God. There's something when we get together, where two or more are gathered, there's something that takes place when, we're, when we gather together in the house of the Lord. 
And the shepherds were terrified when, when, when God showed up. Sometimes, you know, you ever been scared without the D? Scared? <laughs> in a situation that you maybe been, been, been in a hard spot, some bad news, and, and God shows up. And just like the shepherds, God showed up. But he showed up in an unexpected way to deliver them good news. And that's the word of this Advent season. It's good news. It's good news. It's good news that the world needs to hear. Is what Paul said. You know, why would I be ashamed of the gospel? This is what saved me. You know, why are we in the closet about our faith? Why are we keeping it quiet? We need to share the good news with the world that so desperately needs him. But his peace is available. Oh, and I, and, I, and I love this, that God chose to announce the news to little lonely shepherds. Not to, not to the political and the religious elite of, this, of the time, but to shepherds. And that's good news for us, is that, that the peace of God is, is for all. It's not for the up and outs. It's not for the down and outs. It's for everybody. So it doesn't, God, doesn't, God, God doesn't care where you come from, what you've done. He loves you. He loves you. And we're reminded of that in John 8, that he, you know, he came for, 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 for the adulterous woman that was caught in adultery. We see Jesus, Jesus say, but Jesus bent down and started to write it on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let no one cast without sin. And he stooped to the ground, you know. We can debate on what he was writing, but I'm, I'm guessing that he was, he was putting their business out there. And they all walked away. You know, you know, when Jesus will put you, sometimes he'll deal with you privately, but sometimes he'll, he'll go public on you. He'll go IPO on you to deal with your stuff. Or the prodigal son. We see that in Luke 15. That some of us are rebellious. Some of us are running away from God. God's calling us back home. Or little Zacchaeus in Luke 19. Jesus, Jesus came to Zacchaeus. He called him from the tree to come down. He says, today salvation has come to this house because this man is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save what was lost. God, God wants to, to seek and save what was lost. And all of us are lost. All of us need a savior. And that's, that's, that's what Jesus came to do. Not only his peace is available to all, he's calling us to draw near to him to experience his peace. And we see that in verse 12 and 14, that, uh, that the shepherds, they came near. They came near. So once they got word that once the angels came to them, they got, they got word to, to go. To, to see who this baby is. And they were, as shepherds, they were, they were familiar with taking care of lambs. They were familiar with wrapping cloth over the lambs to protect the lambs from getting hurt. So they knew that as they came to the, to, to the good shepherd, the prince of peace, they knew what to do, that there was this newborn king. As James 4, 8 reminds us, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So they were familiar with protecting these lambs as they were to get prepared to be off, as offerings, as sacrificial, sacrificial lambs. And as they were looking at the Lamb of God, 
the person of Jesus Christ. So, so as people of God, how do we, what is the prescription for, for us to, of peace? How do we, how do we, how do we, how do we do that? We, we praise him. And we see that the shepherds, they were, the angels were praising God. It says, glory to God in the highest heaven. So not only did they draw near, but the angels gave glory to God. And we see that as, as, uh, in, in Psalm, the Psalms of David. You know, David walked with God. And we see that all through the Psalms is that we see that he practiced that. It's Psalm 150, is, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Psalm 146, one, it says, I will praise the Lord all of my life. I will sing praise to God as long as I live. And as we practice this posture of praise, no matter what we go through, because it's not, the peace isn't, in, in, it's in all seasons. That's what God promises. It doesn't matter what we go through. It's not seasonal. It's not just in your summer season. But in your winter, we can have peace. And we have to be people that are immersed in God's word. We have to be in the book. You know, are you starting your day off in the book? Are you just running to work or you running to your, to, to your, uh, your school without plugging into the source? And we have to be plugged into the body. It's like a light switch, right? It's like, man, we can, we, the light is no good if it's not plugged into the source. And are we plugged in the source? Because we can fake it as Christians, we can fake it. But we can't fake it with God. We can fake it with one another. But our vertical relationship, it all starts with our vertical. Our, our vertical relationship is right, then our horizontal relationships will be right. But if our, our vertical is not right, our horizontals won't be right. And the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Psalm 29, 11. Psalm 119, 165 says, great peace have those who love your law. So it's loving God's word. It's, and it's, it's like immersing yourself and it's, it's, it's just doing it. Sometimes it's when we don't feel like it. It's not always when we, when we feel like reading God's word or we feel like going to church because it's not about us. There might be somebody that needs to be encouraged by you. By you just seeing your face. As Jason talked about last week, that we're all lights to one another. And then thirdly, peace is found in the person. And I'll say that again, peace is found in a person. And that's the Prince of Peace. That's the Messiah, the coming King. As verse 11 says, today in the town of David, as it was prophesied hundreds of years before, was to be born. He is the Messiah, the Lord, the glory to God in the highest. Peace is only found in through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not found in any relationships. It's not found in your bank account. It's not found in where you work, where you live. It's found in the person of Jesus Christ. And we look to those things as, 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 as our refuges. We, we look to those things as they taste great, but they're less filling. You know, they only last. There's an expiration date on those. They feel good for a little bit. They give us little glimpses but they expire over time. That lasting peace that, that we're talking about is, is the eternal peace and that's found through, through, uh, through Jesus Christ. That's good news. That's the good news. That's the gospel. 
It's good news. We should be excited to, it's like the Apostle Paul says, is it in, in Romans 4.25 and in, in 5.1, he says, he was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have what peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can have peace with God. We can have, we, we, we can have peace with the Heavenly Father if, through his Son, Jesus Christ. For so there's somebody that, that might be listening to this message that needs to have peace. There's this restlessness. You've tried it all, but you haven't tried him. You know, you tried, you know, getting this job or, you know, you have the job that you thought would, would, would satisfy, but it doesn't satisfy. You thought you'd be in this relationship, but it doesn't satisfy. You went to the best schools, but it still doesn't satisfy. Jesus satisfies. So I'm here to tell somebody that needs that needs their soul quenched, he can do it. He did it for me. I know he did it for each one of you that's born again. So what do we do with that? Do we keep it to ourselves? My last point is that we're called to share the gift of peace. As recipients of the good news, you know, we, we, we have to share it. We have to share it with others, and it's an opportunity for us as uh, we live in a dying world where it's, it's, we can turn on the television, we can go on the internet, we can see that there's so much chaos in our world. And just like hundreds of years that uh, it was prophesied, just thousands of years when Jesus came, um, Jesus is coming back. And we, can, we have the opportunity of, to point people to him, the Prince of Peace. As the angels were, were giving glory to God in the highest, we, we have an opportunity to, to point people to the good, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as I close, I just wanted to recap is that uh, his peace is available to all. And just like the, uh, the shepherds, they, uh, they drew near to him to experience his peace. We are called to draw near to God to experience his peace and and then thirdly, peace is found in, in only one, and that's the person of Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of Peace. And then what do we do with that? It's God's calls us to share it, share it with the world that so desperately needs it. So over 2,000, 2000 years ago, this little baby would grow up and take on the sins of the world upon his shoulders and be wrapped in cloth and be buried in a tomb. And just like the shepherds, they were familiar with wrapping the little sheep in, in cloth. Mary and Joseph wrapped up that little baby in a cloth. And just like thousands of years before Jesus went, before he, after he died, he was wrapped in up in a cloth and put in a tomb. But he only needed three days. And he was able to get up with all heaven and earth in his hands. He's coming back. He's coming back, church. And we can be excited. His Advent, we live in intention that we can celebrate in the, his first Advent, but we won't miss his second one. So there's somebody that might need him. Give your life to Jesus today. Somebody that, uh, that knows him, they need, you might need more peace with God. Go to him, and you can experience more of his peace. Yeah. Amen. Right. Amen. 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 Amen.